Welcome, everybody, to CBuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's award-winning podcast and also Columbus's first business-focused podcast. Our show was presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. My name is Michaela Hunt, brand journalist and your host for CBuzz. We bring you in-depth stories you won't hear anywhere else, directly from leaders right here in our Central Ohio business community. We are recording this episode at our home at Capital University's Convergent Media Center, a collaborative space for students and faculty to study music film, creative writing, and digital media. We love telling impactful and educational stories through this platform. Today, we're sitting down with Tanya Kelly, founder and CEO of Empower Our Youth Foundation and executive director of Coveted Freedom School in Springfield, Ohio. Tanya is a community activist for bullying prevention resources and services, and Empower Our Youth is working to bring attention to all forms of bullying that happen in our schools and communities. Tanya, so great to have you today. Your energy is already in this room and really looking forward to the conversation. Well, good afternoon. I should say it's still like I don't know, like evening, afternoon We're time. kind of in that, like that middle down. space. Yeah, it's where like we're, space. We're, it's like it's dark outside, but it's still like 5, 30, 6 o'clock. <laughs> when we're recording this, yeah, that's exactly where we are right now. So I'm happy you're here. I, so much I feel like to talk to you about, even from our pre-conversation. But I want to really start with Empower Our Youth Foundation. How did this come about? Empower Youth Foundation came from a story. Um, it started in 2016. My daughter wanted to commit suicide due to cyberbullying. It started with four children, high schoolers. And when we ended up pulling um, Janiyah out of school, it was about 40. And that was literally through digital at, you know, digital atmosphere, the the social media. Um, you know, I always say, who works in the office at your school building? You know? Yeah. Students, te- you know, students. And so when they would say, come to the office and, you know, tell if something was happening, um, my daughter was afraid because, again, by the time she got back to class, they already knew. So 40 students total involved with what involved, was going on yes. at that moment with your daughter. And then when they say 40, it was my daughter was a cheerleader. She was um, active in her school. And they were literally coming to the track. And the police officer said, as long as they were not touching her physically, because that's what the law says in Ohio. It's more geared toward physically. Um, They couldn't do anything about it. And so it took my daughter's quality of life. And as a teacher, I would never forget it. You taught taught fourth grade. Yes, at that time I was teaching first grade and I was in my class and I was getting ready to go into social studies and my daughter caught me screaming. And it opened up a door that I never thought, because when you think about bullying as, you know, as a young kid, it's just like child's play. You know, it's like, oh, it's high school drama. It'll go away. It didn't. It escalated. And so as we were going through these roundtable discussions with, uh, you know, the administration, even the police, it ended up where my daughter became the villain. And that's how it felt for her. And so we had to end up pulling my daughter out of school. And so fast forward to 2017, my daughter graduated from ECOT. She oh, yeah. was yeah. Um, homeschooled. And through that time, we saw the, you know, the disparities that happened of bullying. That day she graduated was 2,250 kids. Over 80% of those kids had either been bullied, tried to, tried to commit suicide, or was there to keep safe. And so our story became an initiative. So we started in 2017 of saying, you know what, we're just going to empower. I really didn't understand what the word empower. You just wanted to do, just something. do something. So yeah. I started sharing the story, started going to different places like Again, my school, anybody wanted to hear. And then we made a quick little um, website just to get the word out. 
and I just started sharing my stories. I was a motivational speaker at that time. And so we did a back to school. And then further, 2018, the initiative went to a campaign. And the campaign was just every couple of months we would go to community centers or to the park and we would discuss about bullying. And then families started coming and they started finding out who I was because I was a teacher. I was doing tutoring, working for Lead Ohio. So it was almost like the educational kind of, you know, catapulted to me in an area where people kind of knew who I was by face. And then 2019 came and COVID hit oh, and we yeah. went home. And then we did go home. We did go. Home. We went home March 11, 2022 and Empower Youth was birthed. So I became an LLC. And that was where I just started to continue my story, the campaign. And I started now. Family started coming to me and we're looking for resources. So that was the next thing. And they that wanted the resources. Thing. They wanted something tangible. They wanted something tangible because when they were, again, with myself, the same thing, you know, it was more of a, oh, we'll take care of it. And then it would fall on deaf ears. There was no paper trail. There was just these roundtable discussions. So that meant it might be an administrator, myself, the family members. And then they would put the person who was bullied in the same room. Imagine that. Really? Really. So now... I mean, there's so much we can unpack right there. Um, But what's your mission and what do you do now? Like those resources that you have for families or maybe the ability to have the conversation to not have the person in the room. Like what are those things that you are doing now as an organization? So the mission is to be a voice against bullying. And the mission is, is that we provide free resources. So if a family has um, been bullied, the youth has been come home and say, I've been bullied. We teach them how to go to the school. So we teach them how to go to law enforcement. So if it's cyberbullying, we teach you the steps with paperwork, not conversation, not emotions. But this is what you need to do. Factual. Factual. How to go to your school board and pull or go to the website and pull off the actual complaint form that you would need. Are there or other organizations doing this or no? Because one of the questions I had was, what do you believe kind of sets you apart from other organizations? But I'd, I've never heard of anyone doing quite this. And that's what sets us apart because we do the legwork. Yeah. And the legwork, there's a lot of um, organizations, especially on the West Coast and, the, and down South. In the Midwest, you might have a few. And so what we did, we attached ourselves to PACER.org, which is the National Bullying Prevention Site. So they allowed us to put their information nationally on our website. But here locally, what sets us apart is because we do the legwork. We assist you in your endeavors of helping you find a resolution. We know it's long and we know people cop out. We know that, you know, the educators, administrators, they're going to just let it go underneath the water, as I say, float until you forget about it, where we keep it in the forefront. We keep how you apply for, you know, when you're typing emails up, being professional. That's what we teach them, that factual, professional information that you're going to need. Put it on their priority list. Put it on the priority list so that when they go and they see that email, they're going to be like, oh, this is the fifth email. So now when superintendents, now when law enforcement gets this information, now they see a paper trail. Because that's what bullying is about, is providing a paper trail and not going in there with that tension that you want to do because then it gets lost. And then also making sure you have a safety net. We teach our families also to ask for a safety net. And that safety is paper, a safety paper um, change maker. What it does, it says... This is who I put in place. If something was to happen, they will go to. It could be the janitor. We've had janitors be on this safety document. We've had lunch ladies. So it's where the kid is say, this is the 
person in my school building that I trust mm. and they become a part of that safety documentation so that when I can't get mom, then they go to that, you know, that individual, safety net per right. individual. So, okay. I mean, you had this idea that came out of a traumatic moment in your own family and then this grows during the pandemic. So talk to us about the challenges and lessons you've learned along the way creating this foundation. And I'm curious, has it been easy or smooth? I mean, or not, you know, based on some of the challenges you've seen? Um, my business was um, self-funded. 60% of my business since we started in existence of 2016 is self-funded through my teacher income, through donations. Where the... the I say the game changer came was COVID because I was um, selected to be a part of the Chamber of Commerce. And that day I found out about it 12 o'clock midnight and I applied. And about a week later, Mallory Roth um, emailed me and said that I was selected. I went outside and I was running around for about <laughs> 30 minutes. My because what my, did you know? Like, what did that mean did, to you? To me, because I knew what the Chamber of Commerce, I've heard of the Chamber of Commerce because I had other, I'm just going to be frank, I had other Caucasian um, business owners and friends who were in the business, but they were Caucasian. And so they will always tell me about the great works that the Chamber of Commerce did for them. And we never knew anything. It's not, it's something that's not told to us as African-Americans in the business sector, especially as entrepreneurs or small business owners. And so again, at the beginning of COVID, me and my friend went to lunch and she was sharing with me that she had been in the Chamber of Commerce for a couple years and that it was a great experience. And I was just like, wow, like what is, like, what is the Chamber of Commerce? Because to us, it's the Urban League. That's what the Chamber of Commerce is to us, is the Urban League. And so again, I applied for a cohort and got into what was called Incubate Her. And then with the Incubate Her, it allowed me to meet Stephanie Hightower and um, Kalisa Smith. And they took us under our wing. And then that's what was the doorway for Chamber of Commerce, which literally has changed my life. It has. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that you also have taken a role as the executive director of the Coveted Freedom School in Springfield. And so I'm looking at that and I want to know more about that and how you're balancing that, you know, with Empower Our Youth. And how, how are you looking at all of this as this greater part of your life? You're contributing and you're a woman of many hats, like I said earlier, and I love it. And for me, it was the hats because I have a purpose, but I also have to share. I, it became a testimony because for me, it was something that was never done. So when I um, was selected to be a part of the Chamber of Commerce, my inner circle and even people that we talk about, like, you know, my friends who were already business owners had never had that opportunity to be in the Chamber of Commerce. So they wanted to know more. So it was like I became this walking billboard and I took it with stride and I took it by the reins and I rode it all the way to where we at in 2023. The Chamber of Commerce was valued. It was passionate. It was purposeful. Is engaging and it was also intelligence. And those are five key words that a lot of business owners doesn't matter about money. It's about education. And sometimes you can have all the money in the world and still not get to the next step because you don't have education. And that's what the chamber did. It brought education to me. And the, and therefore the ED job at Coveted Freedom School came about. Came about. And that came about from Elevate CBUS. It was a six-month program that, again, Mallory had shared with me. And she was like, "Miss Kelly, you already brought into these hats. And I said, I'm going. 
and I found a way. It was a three, it was a four hour session from three to seven, and it was my time. Like for the first time, I took time for me. And but again, every time I left that class, I was able to take it right back into my building as a teacher. I was able to take it right back into my business and change policies, how I thought about um, procedures, ethics. When I was going into rooms that I was sometimes afraid to, I was able to stand up like we went to the clam bake and that was in the middle of the LMAC bus. And I was able to shine in my own right as a nonprofit organization, but also share bullying in a way that captured people because I knew how to, um, I don't want to say dummy, but I knew how to take my pitch and everything that I do and put it into a three to five minute click and everybody would understand it. And that was from C Bus. And then also being around organizations that you see on TV and everywhere else, and then there they were in the room with you. So given all that you've learned and then applied professionally, what is your advice for those looking for education and leadership skills? If you want, you better go to the Chamber of Commerce <laughs> like, right now. We have not paid <laughs> like, her, I listen, <laughs> And I say invest in yourself, and that's what Andrew always said from day one. If you don't invest in yourself, who is going to invest in you? Even if you are an executive director at an organization, the Chamber of Commerce gives you leadership qualities. Not so much, you know, when I left, it wasn't skills anymore. It was qualities. Because you had learned how I had to learned. do it. So it was and... like the first five months was skill sets. But yeah. when I left and I graduated, it was like, now I have a leadership qualities. Like I knew who I was. The education gave me that that it brought together what was missing. And so now when you're asking for funding, when you're going to these different events, you know how to conversate. You know how to not just talk about your business, but talk about politics. You don't want to talk about just real world applications that you probably would never have that opportunity if you did not have access to the Chamber of Commerce and Elevate Bus. What do you feel like... Um is some advice that you would give to anyone looking to start, run, or grow a business today? Uh, for me, it would be first um, look for um, a mentor, a business mentor. Um, go to events that you that are business minded. Um, like a Toastmaster, I started doing pitch competitions. And at first, everyone was like, "What are you going to pitch competition?" But what it did was again go back to the chamber and elevate. It allowed me to know how to speak fluently about my business and be able to capture um, what was the essence of who I was. And that's what you need to do. Second of all, is make sure that you're um, investing time, you know, and not time in the business, but self-care in yourself. You know, making sure you write out a to-do list, making sure that you are, um, if you have a board, if it's nonprofit, making sure that you're um, knowing when you're going into the room what you want to do for that year. And so have it implemented out and knowing how to change. You got to be flexible because money is not going to always be there. And money, you know, sometimes we think about money, but it's not. I think it's more of the, the time and the partnerships. You know, the networking and my last one, just be able to communicate and be open to be vulnerable in places and spaces that you need help. And that's what the chamber did for me. It allowed me to be vulnerable for me to ask for help when 
in some places I wouldn't because first of all, I'm an African-American woman and then I am just black and then I'm a small business owner who's trying to build an area that is really kind of um, sunny for bullying. People really don't look at bullying. It's unique. Yeah, it is. And so you have to be vulnerable. And when you are, there are so many people that want to see you win. Oh, embrace your ideas. And embrace your ideals. But you got to have that education. And that's the next, and that's, again, I will always say it in our culture, we don't have that because we don't know what that looks like. And so I feel like I am that person to share that this is why you go to the chamber. This is why you go and you get in these cohorts because it will provide a service that will continue and bring you in different paths that you would never believe possible. What an important message to share throughout the community, What everything you've shared. Um, what is one of your favorite Empower Our Youth Foundation success stories, would you say? Oh, my goodness. One of mine is during COVID, we were able to service 400 students throughout that time. And what we did was that literacy for me is um, at the time I was teaching third grade and with the third grade guarantee and everything that surrounds that, um, a lot of our parents had never went to the library the library, which is free. And so during COVID, when the library was shut down, we were able to get with other organizations and they would donate books. So every time we had a books and badges, which is where the police officers would come, because at that time, George Floyd died. Yes. And the way he passed away, I still needed my students to have that relationship with the police officers. So we bridged the gap with books and the badges. Columbus badges, books and badges, wow. the Reynoldsburg police officers. And at that time, that's the first time we ever, even myself, saw four African-American police officers on the force. And they were in the community for us. And so it was able to bring another layer in the connection. And so every time our um, we had a community event, they went home with a library book, either through the books and badges or through donations that we had. And it was our 400. And then in 2021, we took it to Erie, Pennsylvania. And so I was traveling every day, Monday through Friday. I stayed in Erie for six weeks. Me and my um, best friend, Quana Bazier, we traveled. Um, we only came home on Fridays and uh, only on Saturdays and Sundays. And we stayed in Erie, Pennsylvania, and we brought Empower You. So our kids, 25 kids, kindergarten um, level of reading between ages of 5 and 14. And when they left, um, we had 25 kids. 12 was on track. So Empower Our Youth is not just Central Ohio. No, it's in Erie, Pennsylvania. So both of the Columbus and Erie, yes. both you're active in both active of those communities. Both. Why Erie? Um, Erie was, um, it's a Commonwealth state. It was my hometown where I grew up. And there's a lot of disparity uh, when it comes to reading. And so, again, they found me on social media. I went to the um, John F. Kennedy Center, and that's where the community center was at. And I, it started from a one month. So I was going there um, one month each month on top of everything that was happening. Thank you for my wonderful board. And then I would go on Saturdays and we would implement Empower You. And that was reading, STEM activities, and building that community resource base in Erie, Pennsylvania. And then the summer came, and then we left June. We had a fashion show there, and it was on June 4th, and then we stayed. 
So hometown girl, hometown girl gets picked up on social media by some <laughs> folks who are still living back in Pittsburgh that hometown. Is that pick me up? And that's how that started. Yes, isn't it amazing when you start to make a little I bit know. of noise? What happens? And they was like, I said, the Pittsburgh is that. And then Erie found out and was like, can you come down? Wow. And we got in the car Monday through Friday. We stayed in Erie, Pennsylvania, and we did the great works. And we would come home on Saturday and Sunday and do my community events here in Columbus. And we did it until July 21st. So, so many good stories have come out of the work you're doing. What is one of the hardest things that comes with being a business owner, would you say? Like opening up doors. Opening up doors. For people to understand that African-American people, all we want is a chance. That's all we want is a chance to be somebody, to be who we are. I could tear up because... That's what it was for me. You know, no one gave me a chance. No one gave me a chance. And that was the hardest part was for people to understand who I was. It wasn't about accolades, and I've had many accolades. But it was for them to see me who I was outside of the color of my skin. And that's what the Chamber of Commerce did. I wasn't a black woman. I was a business owner. Who had this amazing concept. And I, it was based off of my daughter's traumatic experience, and it was so many other families that was just like me. Bullying doesn't have a, it doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a color in the chamber. And that's why I get teary out because they looked at me, and it wasn't, I was this black girl. I was a woman business owner, and that's powerful. If you had doors that weren't opened because of those reasons, we still have a lot of work to do. And we do. Because we don't get the same resources. We don't get the same opportunities. Prior to COVID, that's why I said, I know many people died during COVID, but COVID was my majestic. It was my blessing because it catapulted me in a way that it probably would have never happened because everybody that was a power got shut down. And then there was uh-huh. this one organization that was still, they took a chance on 75, I think, or approximately African-American people and said, I'm going to build your, your business. And what we came from that was character. It came um, inclusive. It came acceptance. And that was something that I will always cherish because now I'm not just this color. It's a business owner. And that's who we are. I'm really honored that you shared your story with us in this recording. I think it's important for folks to hear. Um, so thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you. Um, so where can people learn more about you and your business and whatever you're doing next? <laughs> where where can people go learn more? They can find me all over social media at, um, first of all, my website is www.empower.org youthfoundation.org. And then we are on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, under Empower Our Youth Foundation. Twitter is Youth, LLC. And then we're on LinkedIn, under Empower Our Youth. Um, I am in the community. I am a tutor for Learning Ohio, which is a uh, organization that assists um, families with IEPs. If you have an IEP or a 504, you get $1,500. And that was dear to me because there's so many families, again, take away the color, take away the race. They just need 
advocacy. Wait, 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 wait. I, because I'm curious. You get $1,500 yes. if you are a family that has an, an IEP. IEP or, from who? From the Learning Ohio. It's an organization here in Columbus, Ohio, and it's called the Learning um, Aid Ohio. And the they Learning assist, Aid, Ohio. Aid Ohio. And they okay. assist families with um, tutoring services for IEP or 504, 504 students across the state of Ohio. And it's $1,500, and they just started the spring quarter. So you still can apply. All you need to do is apply online. Um, I'll get that information so we can have that available. And they just upload their IEP, and then they can choose any tutor in the central location or even if they're far as Ashtabula because they're in four different areas of Ohio. And you can find a tutor. And then the What age groups? Ages five to college. I've never heard of this before. And I have a student that has a 504. Yes, 504. And they can get fit resources. And we tutor is in person, it's online, and you don't pay any money. The money comes from Learning Aid Ohio. And what can we expect to see with Coveted Freedom School, do you think? An amazing program of cultural relevancy rooted in literacy. Um, over the weekend, I went to Clinton, Tennessee, which is the farm of Alex Haley, which was the author of Roots. Um, on that farm, there is the Langston Hughes Library. So everybody knows the famous poet um, Langston Hughes. And what Freedom School is, is based off the 1964 Mississippi Freedom um, Writers and the Freedom School Project. And what it was doing, it was actually breaking the barriers of African-American people to teach them how voting rights as well as literacy, which was always has been, you know, kind of a stouch for us. And so the program in um, Springfield will bring a new um, relevancy, STEM. Because again, we have science technology. We're 41st in the nation, 41st. And so what I do as a teacher, I root my classroom in culture because um, of who we are. The city of Columbus is so rich in culture now. It's the compass of us. And so um, the Freedom School, we have one area of the culture where they could do the arts, they can do um, drumline, they can do music. And then the second piece is where I brought in was the STEM, science, technology, and Springfield. You already know that's the 4-H of agriculture. Yes. So they would be able to take that line of, of school for six weeks and they can learn all about, you know, science, technology. And what we do is that we have what is called um, the program is based off of literacy. Okay. So it's all books based off of African American, ports, social, you know, social studies, history, technology, and science. And then the culture is learning them all about who they are as an African American student. One of the reasons we love these conversations is a chance to ask the individuals we're talking to, what are you really valuing right now? If or what are you being influenced by? A podcast, a book, a show, a video you saw on YouTube, involvement in some kind of group. For you, what is something that is influencing you right now? Influencing me is the culture of our city. I come, I've been living here since I was eight years old, and there was times where we weren't even able to even be in Reynoldsburg. I live in Reynoldsburg, and that was something that we never were able to do when we were growing up. And so when I say Ohio has grown, we still got lots of work to do. But to see the culture of our, when you as a teacher and you see them in your classroom, you see that culture in your classroom, that's the culture of your city. It's not just black and white anymore. You have Nepali, you have Bantu, you have a Somali population, a huge Somali population. You have, you know, our um, 
Hispanic. We have the first ever Hispanic city councilwoman. In Reynoldsburg, you have the first ever three African-American women ever in Reynoldsburg. That was a sundown city. So for me, it's the culture to see how it has grown, to see that we are now being accepted in places that, as a kid, I couldn't even go to the pool. And now I can. So when I tell my my children, I have grandchildren, that this is where we weren't able to go, we went far as Bryce Road. And now when I drive over Bryce Road and I go home, that's culture. That's change. That's um, Those are um, grown, growing pains and people accepting others for who they are. And I didn't really knew that until I became a teacher. Tanya, I, I don't know what to say. It's been a, an incredible conversation. I wish I had more time with you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I just want to say thank you to Chamber of Commerce. Thank you to, for you, Michaela, but to open up the door for small business owners to tell their story and to share. I really appreciate it. It's it's the best part of this series. It truly is. For those of you who are listening, if you want to learn more about all of Tanya's work, please visit empoweroryouthfoundation.org. That's empower, O-U-R, youthfoundation.org. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you may be listening, your reviews are going to help people find our show and hear community stories like Tanya's inspire, educate, empower. We read your feedback and we value those ideas as we plan for future episodes. CBuzz is proudly produced in collaboration with Capital University. We want to say thanks to their talented students, faculty, and staff for helping bring this to life for all of you who are listening. Once again, I'm Michaela Hunt, your host for CBuzz. And from all of us at the Chamber of Commerce and here in the studio, thanks for joining us, and we'll chat soon. <laughs>